Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. All right. Well, I'm going to assume that we are live. I'm not even on my page. I can't see. (laughs) But this is all good. We're all good. Today, welcome. This is Mission Unstoppable. I am so excited that you guys are here with me today. And I'm extremely excited that Allison Storm is able to be back with me today. We had a little hiccup last week, but you know what? It's all good. She's here now. Yay. So um, I want to introduce you to her. She is an amazing modern day spiritual intuitive and channel an author whose personal story I think is going to blow you away. Allison brings forth the wisdom from the higher realms to help people like you and I find our purpose in life as well. She supports the collective awakening of humanity on the planet. And that's a big job. Allie was not always centered in the woo-woo world. (laughs) She used to work in corporate fashion world in New York City. So how did she go from there to where she is today, attending national events, launching her new book, Project One, and helping people like you and I find our purpose? Welcome, Allie. I'm going to let you tell the story because it's more exciting for you to tell your own story than for me to tell your story. (laughs) Yes, I'm quite the professional at it now. Um, So thank you for that. Um, That's always nice to hear. And... Um, yeah, it's been kind of a crazy trip for me because I was not always in the woo-woo world, as you call it. That's what my husband says, too. He says, we're a bunch of wackadoodles in the woo-woo world. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, w- I came from a very um, cutthroat corporate world in New York City in the fashion industry. Um, I grew up in Ohio, and I moved to the city and decided to and work very, very hard in the fashion world. And I did. And um, I achieved quite a career. And one day I was randomly walking down the street and somebody said that they were intuitively guided to give me a book. And at that time I knew nothing about spirituality at all, like nothing. And I took the book. I somehow just knew I should trust them and I took the book home and that night I ended up having my first energetic awakening um but I didn't know what it was that I was processing but it was physical and I was like oh this is interesting I started feeling physical sensations moving through my body and the room started moving like psychedelically and I was like wow this is really crazy I don't know what's going on but I was getting so excited about the words that were being said on the page. And that night I went to bed and I had my first out of body dream from that for the next two weeks, I was just like searching into the higher dimensions without knowing that that's what I was doing, but that's what was happening. And two weeks later I woke up in the morning and my body started moving in like convulsions and, um, spontaneous asanas and lots of weird body positions and things like that. And I was scared 
I knew something was happening, but I didn't know what, and I was scared, but something told me to just trust what was happening. And so I did, and I allowed that process to happen and it lasted for a couple hours. And then I tell people what happened after that was truly like, I lost my mind, like completely. I had, um, what later I found out was a spontaneous Kundalini awakening and the following period after that was really a period where I felt heaven on earth, like truly heaven on earth. I embodied the higher, the higher dimensions in my physical body. And it was pretty much not sustainable in the physical body. There were many times I felt like I was like having organ failure because the energy was so intense. (laughs) And I tell people often, my brain was like gone, you know, it was just totally gone. I was completely in a different place. And one of the things it's, you can't remember an awakening like that because it actually doesn't store in the memory of your brain. So you can't intellectually remember that. But I do remember moments of it. And one of the things that I remember was um, I was walking down the street and my stomach muscles were completely sore. And they were sore from laughing so hard, from so much joy. And I was like, I can't believe my muscles are sore from laughing. But yeah, I have nothing to laugh at. Like absolutely nothing. I'm just in that level of ecstatic love and joy is bliss beyond bliss. And it was truly remarkable experience. And I just couldn't believe it It was like every day I felt like I was just, I was like going to pinch myself and wake up or something. My whole reality had completely changed. You know, it was like I was living in the same reality, but yet it was completely different. It was just it was wild. It was a wild experience. So where did you get your frame of reference from, for what was happening? And the book that I got. Oh, the book that you were reading. What was the name of that book? I Am the Word by Paul Selig. It's channeled literature. Oh, Paul Selig. Yeah. It's channeled literature. Um, and it was my activation into this world. Um, and I didn't know, like, I did not, you know, I didn't understand, um, exactly what was happening. You know, I knew I was, I eventually realized I was having a spiritual awakening. Um, but I didn't like Google about it or anything like that. I just didn't feel drawn to do that. I just wanted to be in that energy. That's all I wanted was to be in that energy. And so I spent most of my time reclusive alone in that energy because that's all I wanted. Um, and that was how my fastest way of accessing it was being alone in my apartment. I was a single woman at the time. And so that was the easiest way for me to access was just being by myself in that energy in these higher dimensional spaces. So what about at work? What was happening? Did people go, Allie, what's wrong with you? Like you're different. I did not tell anybody. I mean, I kept it so secret. I didn't tell I mean, even my dad, it took me a long time to tell him. I actually like had like a sit down face to face meeting with, <laughs> which was so silly. I don't know why. That's how scared we are, right? Of, yeah. Like, God, right? We're that scared. People, people want to believe in God, but then they want to put you away for believing in God. 
Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's like major deconditioning of past life programming that's been embedded in us. But um, it's funny because he's so supportive. But yet at the same time, I was so scared. Like I was doing something really dark or something, you know, like, oh, my gosh, it's going to think I'm like the anti <laughs> It's so silly, but that's what I thought at the time. And so, you know, I kept it a complete secret. I had a couple people in my life at the time that was like an outlet for me to be able to talk to about this. Um, But for the most part, it was top secret for the first eight months, you know, that I was in this state. And then eight months into it, I met my partner who's now my husband. And he was one of these crazy experiences where when I met him, I just like knew I was supposed to talk to him kind of. That's what it was. I knew I was supposed to talk to him. And I was so baffled by him as a person. He's a very baffling person. (laughs) And I was just like, what is this about? Like, I don't really understand this, but yeah, I knew I was supposed to talk to him. And as it progressed along, it ended up, he had a spiritual awakening at the exact same time I did simultaneously. Yeah. And, um, we had like some pretty major common denominators in the spiritual world In the physical world. We had almost nothing in common. (laughs) In the spiritual world, we were very connected. And um, that was when my awakening completely shifted. (laughs) It all went downhill from there. It went sideways. (laughs) It all went sideways once another person entered into the picture. Spirituality is great. The bliss wasn't there anymore. (laughs) What? All the bliss went. (laughs) All the bliss went out the window. Once you get... And, but that's what relationships are for, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they're there for. And he was the perfect mirror for me. I mean, he couldn't have been like, God could not have picked a better mirror for me because this man triggered up every single insecurity I have ever had in this life and any other life. I mean, it was terrible for me from the get go. Like I was constantly on edge, triggered. I mean, it was really, 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 really tough. And um, I learned, it took me about seven years. I often wondered, I was like, why? Why did I? Why this person? (laughs) Why? I mean, this is crazy. I experienced heaven on earth and then it gets all shattered and like taken away like that. And I know, I knew I was supposed to be with this person. I knew that walking away from this person was not the solution to it. And I finally realized I had to really integrate that awakening. And I still am to this day. It was a very big awakening. And I had to really integrate those energies that I had accessed through my life, through my physical life. And that was very hard work. Very, very hard work for anybody that's going through it. They understand it's really a reckoning of the self and really forces you to look at yourself, look at all your myriads of issues and make peace with them. And that's what I've done for the last, you know, seven, eight years with this man. And finally, 
So interesting enough, we went through this entire process together. I mean, I guess he is the definition of a soulmate because we went through this process together and um, it was July of 2019 that we were really, I mean, we were at our wits end and it was like, we, it was like we had gone up and down, up and down, up and down and we just couldn't take it anymore. And finally, we got a message, and that message was that we really had to unite and unconditionally love each other, regardless of our egos. And we did. We both did. We did right away. And immediately with that, we just like entered into the 5D world again. It was like, I was, I just went right back into 5D. Like it was like, she's talking about fifth dimension in case you don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a higher dimensional space. And I just went right back into that space again. And, um, it was exactly three months after we united together again, that I began channeling project one, which is what I can share about today. Um, so so, I just want to ask you, so the, the, they they were called the forces of higher collective consciousness. Yeah. And did you ever ask them like, why? I mean, the, the obvious question is why me? How'd you pick me? Why me? Did you ever ask that question to anybody? God? No, I didn't actually. Isn't that weird? (laughs) Um, I often just, you know, I just, I feel like it's part of my um, personal process of expansion. I was so completely terrified of channeling for such a long time. I mean, it like really, when Project One first came to me, they came and they spoke through me and they asked for my commitment in dictating this project. And they said, it's your choice. You don't have to do this. This is your free will. It's your choice. And they said, but if you're going to do it, we would like for you to be committed to it because we have to move quickly because the world needs this information right now. And we have to work on an accelerated pace. And so I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I was like, God, I pray that I'm doing the right thing. I hope that this is, you know, this information is in alignment to truth and love and God. And well, what, I, what would have made you think it wasn't? I was, it's just such past life conditioning that I was doing something wrong or defiant against God. And project one really had to hold the forces had to hold my hand through this process because, you know, they kept showing me, they kept pointing at my life and they're like, look, your life is filled with God all around you. There's nothing but love around you. Like, don't you see that? You know, mm-hmm. you have to start flipping your fear into gratitude for this ability that you've been given. And you have to use that ability, yes, to serve truth, love, and God. But you cannot be scared of your own ability. Because <laughs> I was very scared of it at first. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, it's like, I, t- I would talk with my mom about this and she's like, Ellie, it's kind of good that you're scared of it because it keeps you in alignment. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're wanting to be in service to love, which is the most important thing. And the fact that you're questioning it is probably good. You know, you want, you want to make sure your alignment is, you know, very, very strong. And so you know, all that difficulty that I went through in my life with Johnny really what prepared me for this because I really had to make sure that I was practicing the higher virtues and the higher virtues. I mean, love, 
unconditional love, forgiveness, compassion, you know, mercy, grace, all those things that we should be practicing in our daily lives every single day that we have to work at every single day to practice those higher virtues. What about the time when you told your mother that God existed? <laughs> when, so, that's, so that was really funny. That is funny. <laughs> so like, <laughs> that was when I first had my awakening. And I went out into the street and I just, I was like totally dumbfounded by what I was seeing because I was seeing through the eyes of the higher dimension. And I couldn't believe that for the first time I saw God. And I was like, I've never seen God like this before. And I, I knew in that process that everybody was going to be seeing what I was going, what I was seeing at that time. I didn't know when, I didn't know how, but I knew that this was going to be experienced for many people, not just me. And so I went back home and I was like, mom, do you know that God is here? And she's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. And I was like, no, you have to understand God is really here now. Like it's completely different than what it was before. <laughs> and she's like, no, Ali, I get that God is here. <laughs> like, I really get that. And I said, no, I don't think you do. <laughs> God is really here now. This is totally different than what anybody has ever seen before. Because if people were seeing God the way I'm seeing God right now, they would not care about school. They wouldn't care about work. They wouldn't care about their cars or their houses. They wouldn't care about shopping. They wouldn't care about their barbecues. <laughs> it would all be out the window. <laughs> and she was like, and then she started to realize, she's like, what's going on with you? You know, like, what are you processing? What are you on? <laughs> what are you on? Exactly. What the fuck is that? Um, but yeah, she, she ended up being like a huge support system of nice. my awakening, which was amazing because she was brought up Catholic. And so, you know, for me to open up to something completely foreign and different. They have a hard time with that. The you would think so, but yeah, but she didn't. She did nice. that all because she knew my heart was where it's supposed to be you know that's what she knew more than anything and she knew as long as my heart was where it was was supposed to be then everything would end up that I was being guided you know um so so yeah it was it was quite the experience for me (laughs) so you you've you've got this ability you, you can now you know uh you're intuitive and and the channel came so when the first time the high like the forces came and they talked to you and you went, you channeled them because I think you have the ability, like I, I know some people who channel, they don't know what they're saying. They don't hear yeah. what's going on, but you do hear what's going on. I do. I, so I'm like a bypasser watching what's being said. And so I can watch it. I just can't think about it or respond. It's like my system is over here to the side mm-hmm. so that something else can come through And I can be over here to the side while that other thing is going, but I can't interject. If I interject, I have to stop. And that happens. I do that all the time in my one-on-ones where I'll channel, 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 channel. And then I'll say, I need to stop for a second, you know, and then we process and then I go back into it. So it's just, that's kind of how the process works within my energetic system. I like to compare it to pregnancy because when you're pregnant with a child, you know, you're sharing your womb with another being. It's kind of like that. And it feels 
a lot like that, but you're, it's in your entire body and it's all energetic. It feels like your energetic system sort of gets compressed so that another energetic system can sort of come in and be able to use you as a tool to be able to get words out. That's, that's how I understand it to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's interesting. So when they, when they first did this, were you like, whoa, this is like really weird. This is really strange. Oh my God. I was like kind of freaking out, but I, yet I knew it was, I knew what it was real. I had been channeling before project one, but it was different because I was channeling more like my higher self. That was different. It was more like I was just extracting information from a higher right. dimension. This we're talking for them. Yeah, this is this was much higher energy. I could feel quite a significant difference in the process of it, and it was also entering my body in a very specific way. It was coming. Project One comes through here, and that I had not experienced before, and so it was it was very different and. The thing about Project One, it's very scientific, and I'm not scientific at all. And that's partly what made me nervous is because I grew up Catholic and biblical and all these things, and here I'm channeling this very scientific energy that's very um, neutral. It's very neutral in a, in a lot of ways. It feels genderless in a lot of ways. Um, and so that was very, it's very progressive. And I was not used to that myself because here I was reading like metaphorical biblical stories. You know, I was all about metaphors and the Gnostic texts and the Kabbalistic texts and all that kind of stuff. And here I'm channeling something very scientific that was just, it was so random for me. And I was like, okay, well, they have something they want to say. And the more I kept channeling, I was like, wow, this information is like totally groundbreaking. (laughs) And I knew enough at this point about spirituality and consciousness that this was new information. And I was like, whoa, this is new stuff. So they said, we need you to do this project. We need you to do it really quickly, but we need you um, not to give it to the world until 2020 when the energetic codes are correct for that information to be released. Right. Well, they came to me in October of 2019. They gave, I got three months to channel the project and then I had it off to be transcribed. And that was in like late January, early February. I got it back and then got it back like end of February. I got it off to an agent the week before COVID hit the US and he fast tracked it for me. Nice. Got it out within like, six weeks or something. It was crazy timing. And Project One told me that that's how they told me up front in October. They said this has to get out in 2020 because of what's going to be happening in 2020 energetically for the planet and what's going to be happening on the planet. So we have to work through you quickly for this to happen. Um, so, so how is it going with Project One? Is Project One are people hearing about Project One? Is it It's amazing. So I have to tell you what it is is the people that are getting it are so primed for this. Like they're so there. It's like crazy. And they're so able to take it and they're having major experiences with it that I never 
that's why I'm like, whoa, the affirmation that I'm getting back. And it's a lot, you know, it's funny. It's a, I'm, there are a lot of men that are doing it. My husband does the practice every day. I have men that do my group calls and they are having incredible progression with it. But the women are like, <laughs> they're so intuitive and they are so in alignment to God. They're both those things are just making them like powerhouses and they were just ready for this. It was like, yeah. they were just ready. So I feel like it's getting into the hands of very powerful women, meaning women that have a lot of innate power that were prepared for this. And from there, it's like funneling out. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to watch because Project One does talk a lot about the feminine resonance and the healing of the feminine resonance. And they do say that is the first, that is the first like call to action is to heal the feminine resonance. So the world is going through a transformation. Uh, you know, I don't know, is it a, is it a, a healing transformation or is it a, a chaotic transformation where, you know, you kind of break down systems and bring it all back together again? Um, it do, I, I do know a lot of people are awakening to the 5D. Some are in the fours, some are getting to the fives. And, mm-hmm. and it's a big deal. I mean, it's been a big deal for like a couple of years now, I think, maybe even a bit longer. But the book starts, you know, w- the higher, you know, the higher collective consciousness talks about, um, it's very important about accessing your free will. You have free will. You don't have to do this, but you can do it. And the whole idea is really, it's a difficult time um, to love other human beings. And, but it's something that is important. So, you know, those closest to you, you have to start to love, I guess. But it's about the feminine resonance is off. It's been off for a long time, um, energetically or in our bodies, or I don't even know for how long it's been off, but it's, there's been something a rewiring is supposed to be taking place. Do I have it correct like that? Like it's like we have to rewire um, the feminine res- and the feminine res- doesn't have anything to do with being female. It, it's it's an energetic right fem- so, resonance. Yes, absolutely. So they talk at length about that, and they say the feminine resonance um, it does live in the male and the female, but it's different within the both male and the female. Um, they say that it lives in the womb of every female and in the heart of every male. And what I have found is that, um, through my own personal work with project one and my own personal experience with project one, and I didn't understand this when I was channeling project one, it's something that I had to go through the process of to really understand it. Um, is that the feminine resonance is so deeply suppressed in women, the female form of the feminine resonance. Because they're starting really with the female form, right? That's what they talk about a lot in Project One. And it's so deeply distorted. And it happens a lot. You'll see it a lot in most women. It starts as young as puberty is when it really goes into a deep distortion, And it starts around body image and sexuality um, are huge, huge, huge physical manifestations of the distortion of the feminine resonance. And unfortunately, we live in a society where most girls are immediately, um, these belief systems are put upon them 
that they have to do X, Y, and Z to have a happy life. And that includes having a certain body, having a certain sexuality, you know, having a certain boyfriend or whatever that is. And it's all a lie. It's all a complete lie. You know, you don't have to do anything to be successful in life. You don't have to do anything to be happy in life. You just have to be you. But these belief systems are so deeply ingrained into the culture. Right. And that's what I'm seeing is a deep, deep problem with the distortion of the feminine resonance. And they say, once that is healed, once the female can say no to those lies and really see those lies for what they are, really understand that the ego is manipulating her in so many ways, because the ego makes you believe that this is all going to make you happy, you know, and your ego does get happy when you achieve X, Y, and Z, you know, your ego does get happy. And so you feel that false sense of elation, but that's what it is, a false sense of elation. It is, but I mean, but society has set us up that way too, male and female, right? Male and female, that you're not beautiful unless you're this, or, you know, you get gray hair and now you're not beautiful anymore. Or, and I can, I can tell you from myself that I wrote in one of my books, I, I, I talked about, you know, you hit, a certain age, it was 50 was okay. And then you hit 53, let's say, and you become invisible and literally invisible, right? Like, like, and it was like, Oh, what just happened here? Right. You you felt like a woman all these years. And all of a sudden, like, nobody looks at you. Nobody is like, you're discounted. You're, you're discounted. And so you feel like you're not a part of the system anymore. Right. Right. And exactly. you're not a part of the world anymore. And you're scrambling, you know, you're in mid, midlife and, and mid, you know, you're starting those and, and you're scrambling for your place. You're going, where's my place now? I'm, you know, I, uh, I'm not a mother anymore. I've, you know, I'm past that. My womb doesn't work anymore. And, and this and this and this. Now I'm a grandmother. Okay. But you know, what is my place as, as a, as a female? Because I don't think it stops. You don't stop being a woman. Just because no, you don't. <laughs> So, you know, so what's that role look like? And I, now you see, you know, some older women uh, becoming models and they're, they're, they're celebrating the gray, but what is that? I mean, it's just another way to perpetuate that you're, you know, you're beautiful if you do this, but exactly, exactly. And really it's deconditioning the bigger belief system that's there that you even have to be beautiful or you even have to be like this, you know, it's, And that's what's going to bring happiness because that's not what's going to bring happiness. That's what our society has valued. That's what we have built up these belief systems all based in fear and all the fear of being unaccepted, of being not loved. All that fear has perpetuated it. What do do men have? What do men have? I mean, is there is there a project too where men get an awakening and they say, you know, we're not as perfect as we think we are? I actually don't know that yet. I will say they said something pretty interesting on one of my calls the other day. Does somebody ask that question? Because it's a lot about right now. So I had a womb awakening after project one, which I never really didn't understand what a womb awakening was. Um, But I experienced this thing where I had this intense energy spiraling in my womb. And I, I knew it was, I just didn't know what was going on. I was getting to the point. I was going crazy and I didn't know what to do. And finally, um, I laid down to allow the energy to move up my body, much like Kundalini energy. And it was, and it ended up moving up my body. And this time it just didn't stop. 
it just kept going. Like every day now, I can am able to take energy from my womb and move it up my body. And when I when you move the energy up into your heart, you can move into unity with the divine. And that is like a sacred place. And so I realized, holy crap, when they say the womb is the holy grail, <laughs> they really mean the womb is the holy grail. But you have to go through this process of the healing of the feminine resonance. And so that's what I, that's what project one had me experience. And the womb is, you know, symbolized by the triangle, the upside down triangle. And so somebody asked, well, where's, what's the triangle for the male? And they said, there is no triangle for the male. That's so hard for you to believe. You know, that's so hard for you to believe that the womb is the most sacred, holy space in humanity. It's so difficult for us, but it is. It's truly this sacred holy space. And when we have sexual exchanges with another person, we better be really careful because that womb is the, it's the holy space. And I didn't know that until I went through this process. And Project One really had to show it to me. They kind of had to like smack me upside down and say, look, see, this is, a, this is really good information we're bringing. It's really, it's really bizarre too when you think about that, that if the Bible was correct that they invented man first. It doesn't make sense. I know. Yeah, the chicken because- or the egg. Well, really it was the man and then the woman with the holy womb but mm-hmm. so so in project one they talk about um uh soul intelligence you need free will you need soul intelligence so let's talk about what is soul intelligence so soul, you well, yeah so it's this is another amazing concept that they brought through and it's basically the law of the multi-dimensional universe and basically what it says is that because you have this component inside of you called soul intelligence was it which is a component of your soul they call it the record keeper of your soul it basically holds information from every single lifetime that you've had since you've been conceived since your soul has been conceived And because of that soul intelligence that lives within you, that lives within your field of who you are, you're able to access all those other dimensional spaces at any point in time. You believe, humans believe that we only live in the physical dimension, but we don't. We actually have the ability to access all these other dimensional spaces with utilizing our soul intelligence. And our soul intelligence is there to be able to support us in accessing those other dimensional spaces. Now, this was news for me when I channeled it. And I was like, oh, this makes sense. You know, like what what's being said makes complete sense. And it's part of a practice that they give. It's a protocol that they give that you're supposed to do every day where they help you with your soul intelligence to be able to access these other dimensional spaces. And from that other dimensional space, you do consciousness work. And it's like doing consciousness work on the physical plane, but it's way more potent. It's much stronger when you do it from that dimensional space than doing it from the physical space. So it's a whole law that they're basically bringing into project one and they bring through a tool to be a a protocol that you can do every day that can support you in your own healing and your own, you know, progress. They start off with this protocol, which is doing with the divine or with the feminine resonance. They say that, you know, as we shift and as we become more comfortable with accessing other dimensional spaces, they'll give us more information to be able to layer into that consciousness work. 
so that it, it kind of seems to me like it's almost becoming like an interdimensional being in a way, you know, that's where it feels like it's going. It's like, they're showing us a greater capacity that we have as humans. Yeah. And as we open up to that greater capacity, we'll be able to do much more significant work to be able to help the human species. It sounds kind of far out when you say it, but when you start doing it, it's actually not that far out. And when you read Project One, it's they kind of break it down into this sort of grounded scientific explanation of energy particles and you know how they work differently within the different dimensional spaces and how um, basically you can access it with your with consciousness, right? The, the um, thing I, is you have the energetic code of the 333. Yeah. Right? So you have yes. to do it at 3.33 a.m. or p.m. Right. For it to yes. work. They say that is like a, um, they say it's, they compare it to like, they said, well, to give you an example, we'll compare it to the new moon or the full moon. A lot of people that are doing spiritual work now understand that when they do certain meditation practices on the full moon, it's like an energy vortex. It's stronger that day of the year, especially when you do it at the full moon, you know, they compare it to exactly that. They're like, it's very similar to that has to do with the location of the planet in the energetic field and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's sort of, that helped me a lot when they explained it like that. Yeah. I didn't get it at first. I was like, well, what about the different time zones? And- yeah. I mean, and that's, and, and I, and I get that. I just find it difficult always at three 30 to be available to do the work. And then you, oh, get me too. By the way. Then you I, yeah, I do it as many days as I can. Me and my husband have to take turns. So I never get to do it seven days a week ever. Yeah. I'm lucky if I get to do it four because I have a toddler but I figure if I can do it three to four days a week, that's better than nothing, right? So it's interesting yeah. that they talk about the multidimensional and then the multivernacular. And then the multivernacular, which is really being able to speak in all different languages or understand different languages, the one that they do bring in is telepathic. Yeah. So I guess yeah. we will become telepathic at some point. Yeah, that's how they explain it. They say that we have the capacity. And you know, we know we have the capacity. We know we have the capacity because you, you can sometimes you just hear what somebody's not saying. You hear the word. Yeah, and they say, listen, you do it when you pray. You do it when you pray. That's what you're doing. You're speaking telepathically when you pray right. to whoever your God is, you know, whatever that is. You're when you say prayer or affirmations or whatever that is, that's you speaking telepathically. Well, you actually have the ability to do that with each other and with higher energies, you know, so you can do it interdimensionally and in the physical dimension. And they call it multi-vernacular ability. Which is interesting. It is interesting. The whole thing is very interesting, really. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. When I was channeling Project One, I would tell my husband. I did it for only 25 minutes a day. And because I had like a two-year-old at the time. And I was just, I was doing workshops and stuff. And and it took three months. And um, every day I'd be like, I can't even begin to tell you what's coming through in this channel. And he'd be like, really? He didn't really take it seriously. He kind of did, but he kind of was like, really? Like, what is it? I said, Johnny, it is like groundbreaking stuff. And he's like, like what? (laughs) Like stuff that's never been talked about before amongst any other spiritual teachers. Yeah. Because you hear a lot of people, I mean, for years, people have been talking about the divine feminine and I kept, what the heck's that? What is that? Like, why do people talk about it? Right. Like there's no meaning to me for that really. Exactly. And they didn't know that our divine feminine is 
it's out of kilter. So now we got to get it back in kilter. But the good thing about what's interesting about this project one and, and the, and the, you know, the instructions is that you start healing you, but then it becomes you healing other people. Yeah. Really. It's about you healing others and helping yeah. to heal others. You're so right. And you're so good at interviewing for project one. I wish you could do every interview. <laughs> You're moving into the point, the bigger point at large of Project One, which is oneness. Um, and that is the aim of Project One is for humanity to move into oneness. And they say that we can only do it if we elevate each other. We have to hold each other in the highest potential. And that's why it kind of it begins with using your free will to do that in your daily life. But then it ends, it takes you all around and it ends with really being able to use this higher capacity to heal each other and to move into the greater oneness of humanity, which is a lot of what, where we need to go, obviously, and where we can go, where they say we are going. The energy that I channels, they're very optimistic. They say that, listen, we know you're seeing the world going down into chaos. We know that the, crap that you're watching is downright horrifying for you. But what you're not seeing is this mass awakening that's happening on the planet right now. And there is an awakening that's happening. I believe that, many, yeah. many, many, many people are awakening. It's just not being televised. It's yeah. not in the media. It's, but it's happening. And you have to have faith on that. And you have to keep putting your energy there. Um, so they're, they're more optimistic about it. Um, they do feel like it's going, or they don't feel, they They told me when Project One started that it's going to be very chaotic up until, you know, for a while, for a while. And this year specifically is going to get even more difficult. But to keep focusing on the higher energy, because they say it's, it's this immense higher energy that's being anchored into the planet through the human body, through the human system of all these people awakening. And that's why all these lower energies are going crazy right now. So it feels like yeah. chaos because it's so... Well, I have a Frankieism. The Frankieism is, and I've said this for a long, long time, change happens best in chaos. You know what? When people are in chaotic and they're like, there's a big accident and, and you laser focus and what you have to do, everything extraneous goes away. So in that chaotic moment, you are laser focused in, in what has to be done. Like nothing else can be done except what has to be done to save that person or, or, or whatever, you know, has to happen in, in that moment. So when things are chaotic, you don't worry about change. You're not worried about the big comfy chair and I can't step out of my circle because uh, I'm afraid of change. You don't have a choice. You have to change. Change has happened for you. So you just have to figure out where am I going to end up? It doesn't feel like it when you're going through it, no, right? It's no. like, holy crap, what am I going to do? You just keep going, right? Yeah, you and have you're to. You're absolutely right. That is how change happens. Definitely. You know, the, the Chinese have two characters for change, danger and opportunity. And I think it's really appropriate because, you know, it does feel scary to go to change your life and, and to have things change. Uh, but that is totally where opportunity lives. And right now, the planet, we all have an opportunity to wake up and do things you know, and be better than, than we are right now because the, the lower energies are just horrific. And I think we get mired in that and get afraid of that, that that's all there is. But it's great to be able for them to have this, you know, this different perspective, an elevated perspective to say, no, 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 we see all the lights on. We see the blinking. Uh, yeah. Don't worry about it. The, the lights are on and people are home. And, you know, 
it's happening, but you're just in this little part of the world that, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's hard, it's, it's hard to see out of that, those four walls when you're in those four walls, but you're absolutely right with what's happening on the planet right now. And I think there's enough people on the planet that know this information that can really energetically lift the rest of the planet. I really believe that or else I wouldn't be here channeling this today. I don't think so. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, a couple of years ago, I was doing really like a lot of spiritual work with, with I have a, I call her my spiritual guru. And, and there was a point last year where nowhere near what you experienced, but I was sitting in a restaurant and all of a sudden it was like, everybody in there was light. They were all lights. And it was like, I sat with souls. I didn't sit with people. I sat with souls and this overwhelming, I just wanted to cry because it was so beautiful. I go, Oh my God, they're all so beautiful. And, and it, it lasted maybe five minutes and it went away. And my husband was like, what? And I go, Oh, you wouldn't believe what just happened to me. Like it was just so mind blowing. Just, and that was that's a funny, taste that's of great. what you got. Well, but that's grace. You know, even though it was smaller, it's still grace that you were able to see that because I'm telling you, when a person is able to see that, that means that they, they can hold that information. Their, their, their soul and their body has the ability to hold that information and they're given a glimpse of it so that they know that it's there and they can keep them propelling forward to move towards that, you know, that's, and it's, it's amazing when somebody has that experience. It was pretty amazing. That's for sure. But, you know, I mean, (laughs) I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine being you. Oh my gosh. I was gone. Oh wow. I was definitely out there. Have you met Paul Selig? Have you met him yet? Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. I, because when I first had my awakening, I went to all Paul's workshops and yeah, I knew him and we even worked together for a while. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. His information is great. His guides are incredible. And the work that he channels is truth. I will say that it is definitely pure information. So, um, and it definitely activated me and now I'm channeling this, which is completely different, but I know it's equally as in alignment to truth and God. So, yeah. Wow. So is there a, do they have a time on this for humanity? Do you think, do they say, Oh, within two years or three years, what, so I just actually kind of checked in the other day because I feel like a creative project is getting ready to um, bloom or meaning like something else is getting ready to come through. Um, and they said that basically right now um, they really need to do as much this year as possible. Um, they said not, they don't actually want me dictating another book because they want me to do start doing um, more workshops and more also in-person workshops where I can start um, working on people again, but not, you know, in a way that's obviously safe, but they say it's time to start doing that again. Um, so they said in order to reach people faster, rather than doing another book, cause that will take too much time this year, you need to really activate as many people as possible. Um, so basically I'm doing all energy activation for pretty much 
until they tell me not to. And I'll do channeling in that energy activation. Um, but they say that right now is a time for huge female activation um, where women can actually, if they can just sit in the energy, just sit in the energy, the energy will do what it needs to do. Um, but they said, you know, I can channel too, and I will, but it's more about energy activation this year. So how do you do the energy activation? How do you do that? Just by bringing grounding in the energy, um, awakening everything that I have the ability to awaken, um, Mm -hmm. doing the womb awakening, bringing in that higher energy through my crown, the womb awakening through my womb. They've really given me this ability, this system to work with so that I can begin working more with people again. Um, and hopefully that will, I was just telling my husband about it today. I was like, I have to start working with people like right away. I have to, like, it's, I'm being called to do it. Um, because that's the fastest, that's the fastest thing I can do right now. And it's also women, I'm finding that it's powerful women that have the ability, like you said, like you held that information where you saw all those souls. It's women like you that can, that uh, can hold that information that can take that out into the world and do what they need to do with it. Um, that's what it feels like right now. As far as like humanity, they say it's much, the new birthing of humanity is much sooner than what we realize. Um, mm-hmm. They say that we are on the verge of it. They said that right now, if you compare us to a pregnant woman, the right before she gives birth, she's in the darkest spot where she just doesn't think she can go anymore. They said we're right around that phase right there. Wow. Right in that spot. I remember being there. Take it out. <laughs> We're not. We're almost to the take it out. Yeah, um, yeah. And they said we're much closer to the birth than what you realize, what humanity realizes. And, and I wonder what that looks like. I can't even wait. I wonder if we'll be here for that. Oh, yeah. I think we are. I think that we are. Yes, I do. I feel like that. I feel like it's very soon. Um, now, as far as like this utopian, like new planet yeah. of like high beings, I think they're just coming into the world right now, you know. But it's not like the what do they what do the Catholics call it? Is it the the, the rise, revelation? The revelation, right? With that exactly. sense, it's like that where they, people just go up and poof. Or, <laughs> um, so yeah, this is actually something really interesting. Do we have enough? Can I? Yeah, yeah, we got time. Yeah. No, they're not going to be bored. Okay. Started a little late. I did receive this information um, when I gave birth myself and I really believe it. It's kind of crazy, but I don't often have these kind of premonitions. Um, But the night I gave birth, right before I gave birth, I had this out of body dream and in the dream spirit came to speak to me and they showed me what the world was going to be looking like through my lifetime. And they said, many, many, many people are going to die off. And they, and they said, it's going to be a time of chaos. It's going to be very chaotic. And I said, well, I don't want to bring a new soul into the world during this time. Then that's right. I can't do that. And I said, why is this happening? And they said, because the souls that are actually passing are choosing to leave this world because they don't want to endure the chaos anymore. They actually want to choose to leave 
And then the people that are left are going to have to be the ones that are going to elevate the worker humanity. Bees. Yeah, they're the ones that are going to have to really bring it up. Um, so they said the soul, you're having a soul to help the elevation of consciousness for humanity. That's what, why the soul is coming into the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why many of the souls that are coming into the world right now are coming is obviously for that reason. Um, so it's going to happen, you know, over the course of our lives. And, you know, I think we just have to keep being focused on the new, this new earth that is emerging, you know, and it is, and we have to be able to support and help each other through these times to have faith, trust in the unknown. Yeah, so. I agree. So I, I guess, you know, even though uh, they want you to work with people, you can still work online with people because it's energy work. You don't have oh, to yeah. be in the same room. You can still stay safe and keep your family safe. Absolutely. I'm going to be doing a lot more online groups and a lot more in-person groups, both together. Just really, that's what fall is going to be like. And then come the new year, I'll reassess and see where I'm guided to go from there. Yeah. Um, but that's what they said is like, just, it's all about activation right now because there's a lot of, powerful beings that really can hold this information and once they're once they've been activated in the energy they'll just start remembering everything it will just be like seamless for them so tell folks where they can get you where they can find you and the work that you're doing um you know people can hire you get for readings or for you know understanding what their purpose is and yada yada i don't mean to trivialize it sorry oh no 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 you're not trivializing it. So it's AllieStorm33.com, just like my name with a 33.com. And um, all my information's on there, where to contact me and get readings and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's pretty much pretty much it right now. And so. I'll give you the, the Frankie stamp was that it was probably one of the most significant readings I, I've had ever. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I hope people will reach out to you. Thank you that, so much. I greatly appreciate that. Yeah, no and worries. I, what? I said, no worries. I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I mean, it was really yeah. exceptional. And um, so, yeah, if, if, you know, if you've watched this, share it. Please share, share this interview with everybody that you know, especially if you're somebody who feels like you're in the spiritual realm, um, that, you know, this is the kind of work that you want to do, help humanity to grow and, you know, find unity to share this interview, please. And, and go and get project one. It's on Amazon. You can get it as a ebook. You can get it as a book, I guess, hardcover. And it's not, you know, it's not, it's not a big long read. Um, It's a fairly easy read. I mean, you can tell that it's channeled words, but um, it's, it's still understandable. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly a good description of it. All right. Well, we're going to say goodbye to Facebook now. Goodbye, Facebook people. We'll see you Bye. later. Bye. Thank you. And I'm just going to stop our recording.